All right, everybody, another episode of the Waiver Wire podcast presented by FanDuel. I don't even know what weekend. I think week 11, 12, 10, I don't know. It's just flying by. Uh, joining me each and every week, still in first place in our Gotham Gridiron District League, Jennifer Piacenti. Jen, how are you today? I'm I'm pretty good. It is flying, isn't it? And thank you so much for that nice... Uh... Nice mention of still being in first place by a hair because, again, it is official. I got beat in our head-to-head this week. Jerry absolutely spanked me. Uh, Malcolm Brown is the person I'm blaming. I, actually, I'm blaming Sean McVay. I'm blaming the Los Angeles Rams, the whole system. That's who I'm blaming for this. Uh, it was a weird, weird week, and um, and it is really nice, though. I couldn't believe it that Dalvin Cook and Allen Robinson and the Chicago Bears defense, and no thanks to you, Jimmy Graham, still pulled me close enough to keep my points total and still stay in first. But wow. Yeah, we have the same record now. So it, we're just separated by a hair. We are deadlocked for first place. I think you are up by like 30 points, I think, or 20 or 30, something like that. You have like a nice little point cushion. But does, our, does this league go head-to-head tie break or uh, points cushion? I'm not sure. I think it's I think it's points cushion. Uh, that's my guess. But I have to say, Jerry, we had a listener write in right after listening to the Thursday episode and ask if we could have a commemorative flavor for the head to head for Jen and Jerry's. And so I came up with one and this is the flavor. Okay. It's called fudge Graham with a Jerry <laughs> on top. Thanks a lot, Jimmy Graham. A big old zero. Thanks a lot. So that's our flavor of the week. Fudge Graham with a Jerry on top. If you guys want to purchase it, I'm sure it will be on sale soon. I don't know how long that one took you. <laughs> if that one came to you quickly, I'm pretty damn impressed. But uh, Fudge Graham, Fudge Graham cracker mm-hmm. with a Jerry on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I love it. Uh, you did get the consolation prize. You do have a points lead. L- let us not forget. I-, I-, I don't like to brag, but I'll take what I could get. You know, our FanDuel head-to-head, which was finalized even last week. I'm like, that's yeah. done. That- that's been done. So I, I, I just don't even know. I should, I should maybe step down and, ret- and retire. You do, though. You quit. So now everything's going to turn around for you. You I quit think- on last Sunday's show, and that will spark a turnaround. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the, the big week I'm about to have because I quit and then decided to get back on the horse. I would bet the house on you. Uh, <laughs> so a lot to talk to you guys about today. Obviously, we're going to get into our waiver wired contest on FanDuel. And we're going to go through some seasonal stuff. And um, the the league that I've talked about most on this show, which involves a real life NFL football player and some friends, which is an all in all just giant shit show. We spoke about the Saquon Barkley keeper stuff, all that stuff still going on, right? And I've now been aggressively in the chat trying to change this whole league to an auction league with the wild card for points like you you said we should do for the last seed, which I thought was genius because I'm still in the hunt. I'm four and six, okay? I have the third most points in the league at four and six. Actually, no, second most points in the league. And I'm still only the fourth. The playoff spot is only five and five. So I'm still one game back. The fact that I've taken some of these awful losses like I did last week is terrible. But the 
my friend who was responsible for trading Saquon Barkley and totally pulling the, oh, you could keep him for three more years card. An hour ago, after ridiculing him in the group chat for days, offered me a trade. <laughs> I Wait, I, hasn't your trade deadline passed? I, I think it's literally like ending today. Or maybe there's just no rule about or it. Or maybe there's no rule. Maybe it's just total cat. This is like the Mad Max yeah. Fury Road of fantasy yeah. leagues. Like there's no rules. <laughs> Listen to this world-class steaming pile of shit trade. Or unless maybe I'm crazy. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I'm Bring crazy. It. All right. Again, I've had 50 million offers for Devontae Adams so far this year. And here's another one to add. So they would like Devontae Adams for... Juju Smith-Schuster, who arguably is the third best receiver fantasy-wise on Pittsburgh. Marvin Jones Jr., who is relevant for, in fantasy as long as Galladay is not, and Galladay's probably back. And Leonard Fournette, the number two running back on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To recap, Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Adams for Juju, Marvin Jones Jr., Leonard Fournette. What are your thoughts, Jennifer Piacenti? I think that that guy should be removed as commissioner immediately. Okay, first of all, okay, this is what irritates me about trade offers. When you are going to make a trade offer, please be respectful enough to go to the other person's roster and see what they need. So basically, you said, I want you to give me your A-game receiver for two guys that are hard to predict, um, that aren't the eight, that aren't the number ones on their team, and I'm going to give you a backup running back. Okay, so that also means that you have to create space for those guys. So that means two other guys you already have that you're using, you have to get rid of. So on what planet? There's no planet. There's no planet where that is an acceptable offer. Uh, that's a smash no. You know, I threatened to quit the league, which is also something I love to do, as we discussed. And uh, then they hit me with the, come on, it's so much fun. The fact that it's dysfunctional is what makes it fun. And it's not a high stakes <laughs> league or anything. So like, you know... And there's like five or six guys in the league that take it very seriously. And then there's four that kind of sometimes do. We do have a new rule last year because we actually have uh, 13 players. So, um, you know, last place is out of the league. So there is a little incentive okay. and it's close. Like you could lose two games in a row in this league and go from a playoff team to last. So there's incentive to not want to come in last. But uh, I I I'm trying to reshape this thing. And I don't know. I think it's time to get out. I think it's over. I think uh, here's the thing, Jerry, I think you're getting spoiled now, now that you've kind of like had Gotham Gridiron District, you did your first, as they now call them salary cap leagues instead of auction leagues. That's the new terminology, I suppose. Uh, but essentially you've done your first auction league and, and you're playing with people that are a little more serious. So now, you know, it's a little frustrating when people don't have rules because how are you supposed to win if you don't know what the parameters are? I don't know. I just like, I, I also like, I now have like a character in this league where I am bitter, like doesn't like any <laughs> trade guy, like any trades that flash up that I, I like, I totally just annihilate. Uh, he's texting me You're now asking hater. me what I, he's texting me now asking me what I need. And I'm just going to text him back and say, I need you to stop making trade offers. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's time I get out of this league, Jen. I think you need to tell him that you need uh, Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook. That's the thing. And like uh, another guy in this league who we've discussed all year long has been trying to get Devontae Adams repeatedly. 
I counter with stuff and I keep saying I cannot, if I'm trading Adams, this is the league where I have, Je I have Jacobs and then no real good number two running back. If I'm trading Adams, I need to get a starting running back in return to plug that hole. And then he keeps trying to rope Jacobs into the trade. I'm like, I, I need another running back. And See, that's what I mean. Don't look, if you're out there and you're listening and you want to make a trade offer, don't make a trade offer in a vacuum. You have to look at what the other team needs or you're just going to be wasting your time and insulting that person. And you're not clever. You're a jerk. <laughs> I love it. You know what I do, Jen? I got to say, I'm so glad we're not playing each other or enemies anymore for the weekend because like, I like you coming to my back like this. I like you taking my back. Yeah. Of course, I'll always come to your back unless unless we're head to head. Then, you know, I got to defend my own here. But otherwise, I've always got your back. Well, a couple of questions now. Let's get into let's get into some lineup stuff here. Um, I'm a little worried now about my man, Justin Herbert. Not, he got the haircut, which we all mm. saw. Look, looks great. <laughs> but we have this whole Jets thing. And you are the one who has spoken about this many, many times. Is Justin Herbert now must start? Because I did pick up in Drew Brees' place. I did pick up famous Jameis Winston. Oh, there's so much to talk about and there. And is yeah. there going to be a now, uh, like, new me, new you? Like, is there going to be a Michael Thomas resurgence with Jameis? He didn't yep. look bad. He didn't look particularly good uh, when he came in there. He, he definitely threw two picks that were dropped by the defense, which, you know, we've come to know and love. So what I'm getting right. at is, I have Herbert versus the Jets, which is a scary matchup in a way because they may not need Herbert to throw for 380. And then I got Famous Jameis against the Falcons. What do you expect out of Famous Jameis Winston? You know, so this is this is what I was debating with my FanDuel lineup, to be honest. Um, so this, this is really juicy. And I have Justin Herbert in my Scott Fishbowl League. And I went and picked up Jameis Winston, even in our Gotham Diamond District. More even as a block, not because I need him, because I still have rest. I don't want somebody else having Jameis Winston on the off back, on the off chance that he ends up being last year. I mean, this guy threw for over 5,000 yards last year. Now, it's not the Bruce Arians offense. It's the Sean Payton offense. So we're going to see something different. But versus Atlanta twice in the next three weeks? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of possibility there. And we know that Jameis owns Atlanta already. He's he's familiar with them because he played for the Bucks for so long. So... Um, yeah, what is tricky is Justin Herbert, I believe still is a must start. I would say he's probably like the number two or number three ranked quarterback for me this week, but I do have that concern that the jets aren't going to give him enough to fight back against. And he's not going to need to make as many dramatic plays possibly to Mike Williams or something like that. However, jets have announced that they are going with Flacco and not Darnold again this week. And Flacco was better versus New England. So I have a little more hope that way. Also, Justin Herbert does make plays with his legs. So he's a mobile quarterback, which is good. Jameis, all about the air. Yeah, he's going to throw picks. That's going to cost you, right? It's going to be negative points. But he targeted Michael Thomas the most when he came into the game. And Michael Thomas, he's due. Yeah, and need I say, I mean, were the Jets a little friskier with Flacco than they are with Darnold? I mean, I, I'm not a Darnold yes, guy, are. but I'm also so anti-Jets. It's hard to get a read if I truly don't think Darnold is good or if I just like being negative against the Jets. But, you know, definitely a lot friskier. I mean, Crowder, I actually looked at in FanDuel for a, for a while there, uh, mm. knowing that Flacco was starting. I really gave him a look. I don't think I'll ever have the courage to do it. 
But um, yeah, I mean, need you say maybe the Jets actually do put up points and kind of rope the Chargers into a half a shootout. I will say, in looking at a lot of the over-unders, and we'll get into this more with FanDuel when we do our FanDuel lineups, it's rough. A lot of the really juicy over-unders are Monday, Sunday night and Monday night. And tonight, you know, right. as we tape this. Right, tonight. Tonight is the game. It's the marquee. I'm so excited about tonight. Yeah, it's the marquee matchup. Like, okay, let's talk about tonight for a second. Um, does the MVP come out of this game? Are we seeing the real showdown for the MVP tonight? Uh, very probable. Yeah. And I think right now, Kyler Murray is leading the charge. Uh, he's uh, certainly recency bias. He is. Uh, but to your point, it's either tonight or the Sunday night game where the MVP comes out of it's either Russ, Kyler or um, Mahomes. Those are the three. Yeah, I, I wonder, too. Um, you know, we talked about Clyde Edwards Alaire a lot on this show, and he was someone who was you know, bid on an auction salary cap leagues, uh, uh-huh. very, very high. And he was also the topic of a trade. I got, I got offered another Edwards Hilaire, Tyler Boyd trade, which is what I asked for, for Adams, like eight weeks ago when Adams was hurt and I got laughed out of the room. Where do we stand now with outside of Mahomes and Kelsey who on that chiefs lineup do you trust? I guess you got to just say Tyree kill and anything after that, that you trust to be must start is Edwards Alaire a nope. must start. Are you playing matchups now with him at this point? I'm playing matchups and what's frustrating is, and he does have a good matchup this week. Las Vegas has given up the six most uh, points to opposing running backs. So he has a good matchup, but then there's also the possibility of Le'Veon Bell taking some of the work. Right. We just don't know. And we also don't really know who gets the goal line carries because one of the issues with Clyde Edwards-Alaire is he doesn't seem to actually get into the end zone a lot, uh, even if he does a lot of the carrying. So I, I would be willing to play him uh, you know, over some people, but I certainly wouldn't trade Devontae Adams for him and be like, oh, no, I definitely have – a starting running back for a winning team and a big offense, which is what we thought Clyde Edwards Hilaire was going to be. He's still very, very good. You're not going to surrender Devonte Adams for him. And I love Tyler Boyd too. But again, this trade did look good three or four weeks ago. It doesn't look so good anymore because the chiefs can beat you any way they want to. Yeah. And real quick, the, the last thing on that trade. So it was like Edwards Hilaire and Tyler Boyd, which I was not necessarily against for Adams. It, 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 it would be, Nice. I'm just so fed up with this league that I'm actually just like, I want to ride it out with this roster and that doesn't upgrade me. But then he actually said, um, well, what if we even sweeten it even more? I'll throw in Mike Evans. You throw me back. Maybe Robbie Anderson, something like that. And I thought about that for a minute because I do love Evans, but he's got a week that week 13 buy for the Bucks is something Mm -hmm. that you all should be preparing for. If you have Brady, Godwin, or even Ronald Jones or Evans, you should be preparing. And also Christian McCaffrey, if you're expecting Christian McCaffrey back, because the Panthers also have that by week. Right. And uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, I wonder, is C-Mac back this week? Has that been confirmed? I, I know he's- No, he is not. I think he's not back he's this out. week. Right. Um, We have to check on that, guys. But I think he's not back this week. I think it's Mike Davis week again, but by next week- he should be week 12. That's the idea. Okay. I'm a little nervous about Mike Davis week because now it's, uh, you know, and we don't even know. Do we know much about Bridgewater? 
We don't, but um, we do know that Detroit gives up the most points to running backs. They can be run all over. We saw Antonio Gibson uh, run all over them last week, two touchdowns. So I feel okay starting Mike Davis and and maybe even a little Curtis Samuel because they kind of use him in a gadget way. Uh, sneaky play if he's inexpensive. Is Christian Kirk must start tonight against the C? No matter what, like I do have some, I do have some yeah. options. I like. I think he's must start, right? I think so, probably uh, with this matchup versus Seattle. Yeah. Seattle second. Now we said that last week, and the Rams decided not to do it. But, um, but I don't think uh, Arizona will be the same way. I think they'll be able to take advantage of that weak secondary. Uh, I'm so happy to get Kelsey back, but I do have a nice prediction you may enjoy, uh, and it is Dalton back for the Cowboys. It looks like right. It is. I have a feeling now, and I've been so anti the trade you made in the league you you helped run with your dad, the Zeke Elliott, Devontae stuff. I think we see a, a Zeke Elliott sighting this week. I hope so. I really hope so because they need it. <laughs> I think we'll see the team be pretty good this week. They they had a week off to rest. They're getting healthier. Andy Dalton's back. I think those of you who have Amari Cooper feel confident starting him. Uh, he should be fine. I think even Michael Gallup might be okay if you need to take a flyer, if you want to play something like that. Uh, the matchup is great, right? Minnesota. So as far as the receivers go, you should feel fine starting Amari Cooper. Minnesota was actually pretty frisky on Chicago uh, Monday. But I have a feeling uh, that this could be a, a good game for the Cowboys. That would be something because somehow, some way, they're still like barely out of the NFC uh, playoff hunt. Um, are you in agreement with me that the Giants are the best team in the NFC East? I mean, I can't officially agree with you on that. No. Who who is? I mean, you watching what's happening with the Eagles? We should have beaten them twice. We we the Cowboys look maybe if Zeke gets going again and Dalton is not so concussed that like he remembers how to play. Uh, Washington, yes, frisky, but it's, it's, you know, it's not happening over there. So with Alex Smith, so who, who's the best team in the NFC East? I, I think it's probably still, I think it's probably Philadelphia if they're healthy. I mean, in its current state, yeah, it it is the Giants in its current state because the Giants are the healthiest. Um, even without Saquon Barkley, they're doing just fine. They're all back except for Saquon Barkley, Barkley and their, their defense is really good. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's a fantasy element to this, guys. I'm not just taking a minute to be a Giants homer. What team has more fantasy-relevant players in the NFC East? If you say Dallas, that's a homer call because, like, every no, player on Dallas' no, offense is underperformed. I would say that the Philadelphia still has Miles Sanders. Who, who I would who's missed time. games and... Boston Scott's outscored him now in like two games. He has, but so has Golden Tate missed games and Sterling Shepard's missed games. And I mean, you but can, those aren't the even the fantasy things. players I'm talking about for the Giants. I'm talking about the Gallman Morris combo and Freeman even to yeah, a degree. But, I'm talking about. Um, well, you're not starting Morris. I mean, nobody's starting Morris. You're starting Gallman. I've started Gallman three weeks Gallman. in a row and he's been taking the hearts out of my opponents. Also, you, what quarterback are you starting in the NFC East? If you had to pick one. Oh, I would. I'm starting Carson Wentz if I have to pick one. What? Yeah, He's, I am. Fantasy wise, it's been awful. Look at what da- Danny Dimes making no. plays with his legs. 
Yeah, but fantasy-wise, if you break it down, Carson Wentz hasn't been out. He's had awful games, but he's also had bigger games than Danny Dimes. So I'm sure, like, let me look it up. What are they actually on a per game basis? I'm sure that Carson Wentz. Is okay, I, listen. Ahead of per Danny game, I, you may you may have a point because it's, it was miserable for the first three or four weeks. But do me a favor if you can show me the last three games of data. Okay, that's what I'm more interested in, and um, I just think that. Also, the other thing I think at this point, I think the Giants' defense is a startable. It's another one I've been plugging and playing pretty much all year since like week six. I think the Giants' defense is playable. I don't think the Eagles' defense, unless obviously the matchup dictates it, and you can say that for every defense, but who would you rather? Carson Wentz is the number 14 on the season in half-point PPR, and Daniel Jones is the number 22. Daniel Jones, 146 points versus Carson Wentz, 172. So 30 points of difference, 19.1 per game for Carson Wentz. Daniel Joe's 14.6 for Carson Wentz. Um, could you show me the last time, three? Is it? Could you pull the... I will look up the last three. Hold on. So let's see. Uh, Carson Wentz. Well, let's start with... Uh, let's start with Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Game log. Don't forget, Danny Dimes is, is, is less... Five points, okay. pretty much. Four points because of everything. 18.2, 18.2 plus 12.9. Okay, plus 31. 22.2 plus 22.2. 31. Okay, call it 53, 54, 53, 54 points, roughly. Okay, let's go wins. This is Homer stuff, guys. Oh, he had a buy in week nine. So can I go seven, sure, eight, and ten? Sure. Okay, 28.8. Ugh. 10.6 Ooh. and uh-huh and 8.7 oh my it's not even close look at those last two weeks but the game before that week six he had 29.4 the game before that 19.4 before that 22.4 before that 23.5 they're getting that and that's so, exactly my point the eagles are getting worse and the giants are getting better the giants are getting better offensively and defensively but mainly offensively each and every week the Eagles, while they're starting to get healthier, it's almost like they're reintegrating people into the offense and they're getting worse offensively. Danny Dimes, over the course of the last three games, by week or not, is just a better fantasy quarterback than Carson Wentz. And now he's making plays. They're running plays, design plays for Danny Dimes with his legs. I think that Danny Dimes is like your bi-week replacement. Carson Wentz, I just am not comfortable starting in fantasy at all at this point. I do agree that Danny Dimes has gotten much better and the Giants have gotten much better, but I'm not sure. I don't know. It would depend. So uh, Daniel Jones facing Cincinnati this week. Um, so that's a fairly good matchup mm -hmm. through the air. Um, uh, let's see. Well, and Giants are on by Cleveland. this week. Uh, oh, sorry. Right. The tw in week 12. They're so they're coming week Cincinnati, 12 against the Bengals. I'll take that. We're, what's Carson so Wentz? That's a good one. But Wentz is starting versus Cleveland this week, which they've given up the 10th most fantasy points to, to quarterbacks. So, I mean, he's got Jalen Rager coming back. He's got Elshon Jeffrey healthy. I don't know. I mean, Giants are a good run defense. I think they happen to run into a good run defense or a good defense with the Giants and that he could still be useful. I mean, I get it. You don't feel comfortable starting Carson Wentz, just like you don't feel comfortable starting Andy Dalton. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a toss-up. I mean, I would certainly wouldn't fault you for starting – 
Daniel Jones in any way. I, I was kind of on him before the season. And as I said, I knew his, uh, his schedule is going to get easier. And, but what is impressive about Daniel Jones is yeah, the plays with his legs. Who expected that? Nobody. Wentz is kind of doing the same though, which nobody expected. Not on the level that Daniel Jones is. And also Jen, take this into account. He tripped over an invisible yard line that would have been a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably I'm not that's, sure that's a good thing. That's like minus an extra eight points he would have had, six for the rushing TD yeah. and then another extra 20 yards. So that's minus eight. And then an Evan Ingram 35 yard drop that very well could have been a touchdown, probably would have got tackled. So easily Danny Dimes well, has 10 points. I know you can say this about everyone, but yeah, you can't tripping In no, fact, you can't say you can't say to, tripping to over the Jackson. twenty yard line is like everybody no, yeah, else. That is that's just that's unique to him. That's true. That is unique. That's unique to him. That is. God. That's just yours, Danny. And uh, now also, I, the team that I'm having the worst feel for, both um, in fantasy in terms of like starting players against them and then starting their players, is the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, yeah, it's tricky. Are they oh. good? Yeah. Okay. First of all, yes, I think they're good. Are they really they good? Some moxie. I don't know if they're really good. Here's the thing, though. Everybody needs to know the entire Raiders defense is on the COVID nineteen list right now. Like the whole thing. The whole, the whole roster. Like the, like the whole thing. Like like the whole thing. Ugh. However, they're all still eligible to play on Sunday if they pass all their tests. Right. So this is the weirdest of all the COVID nineteen so far. So even if they do play, how? Good will they be, or will they be more rested? Again, how do you predict it? But seriously, they're facing Kansas City. I mean, yeah, this is a week to start Clyde Edwards Alaire, I think. I, I think we're gonna learn a lot after this week going forward for playoff time. Cause these games, the weather's only gonna get worse. Obviously, not in places like Vegas, but the weather's gonna get worse. You would think the running game would be more impactful. I really have had such an epiphany and i know everyone's probably had this epiphany at some other point or another but it it it's it's even worse than we thought with the running back situation in fantasy take everything you know and you thought obviously we know oh running backs are trying down wide receivers are so much more important i actually the counter is i think it's even more like drafting running backs in the first round that's why i think like i'm trying to get my league that i hate off this keeper stuff because you take Saquon, McCaffrey, Kamara, all those guys off the table for another year or two. Like, who are you drafting at the end of the first round? Yeah, you have to be drafting James Robinson and Josh Jacobs. And if you're lucky, I think Kevin James Cook. Robinson gets kept in keeper leagues. That's a good point. They can keep James Robinson. How many do you get to keep? Two? Two. And I, I don't know how. Honestly, it's my first time ever doing a keeper league. I don't like it. I I much rather the clean start. That's why I want to get out of it. But I, you know, I prefer them to. I prefer redraft. I don't like keeper leagues. Who are you keeping? I have a- If you have Elliot and James Robinson on your roster, be honest. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm probably keeping James Robinson. So what are we? What are you going to be drafting with the 12th and 13th overall pick? If you're doing a snake draft, keeper league, blah blah blah. Like who the heck are you drafting at the end of the first round at running back? So if I've got James Robinson then I'm still going to go ahead and double down and try to get Josh Jacobs if I can. I'm keeping, or, I have Josh Jacobs. I can tell you right DeAndre now, Swift. I'm keeping, Yeah. I might just, perfect scenario in this league. So my three best players by far are Mahomes, Devontae yes. Adams, and yeah. Josh Jacobs. 
of these three, I am more comfortable keeping Jacobs and Adams and, and Adams. taking a shot at QB or or just redrafting Mahomes as early as possible. But if you don't get Mahomes, yeah. there's five other quarterbacks that are going to be within 30 points of Mahomes. Yep. So that's right. It's only because of the premium that's on running back. I, I, I would keep Jacobs at this point. I totally agree. That's what I would do too, because running backs are more valuable. And you, like you said, you could say the counter, oh no, you can get running backs off the waiver wire this year, but can you? You're still guessing every time. We got lucky with Wayne Gallman. Uh, we got lucky with James Robinson. I happened to get him off the waiver wire the first week. But other than that, there's also been a lot of bombs. What if you went and got Jordan Wilkins? What if you went and got, you know, you know, I guess Gio Bernard kind of? Uh, he's not week, winning. He's not swinging games, really. Wh- what if you went and got, you know, Duke Johnson? That wasn't that great. Or you know, there's a million people that also let you down. So I think getting that valuable <laughs> running back is really important. The tricky thing is if they get injured and you're screwed, but whatever. Like, you have to take that shot. We took that shot, both of us in leagues, with Dalvin Cook. We knew he was an injury risk, but we knew that he was so good that if he stayed healthy, he could almost single-handedly win us our leagues. Right. Now, at least you know? in, like, auction style, like we're talking about, like, I, I got my running back out of the way. It hasn't worked out. And then I waited on that second running back. I made that choice of, like, all right, I'm going to suck at my number two running back. Luckily, Gallman filled in nicely. But I arguably have the three best overall receivers in yeah. fan, I got Diggs, Mike Evans, and Keenan Allen. I at least have a shit ton of targets, and I know my guys are gonna have the chance to put up games. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Like, then you look at like, like I said, like the Rams situation where they have three good running backs, and who the hell knows? And more teams are gonna be like that. So I that I'm almost the point of this rant is almost like I, I think it might just suck to be in keeper leagues at this point going forward. Well, I. The other thing about your rant, so I have a keeper league, it's a baseball league, but it's a keeper league that is also auction. And that's at least a little better because the problem with the snake draft is like you have to take the best player available when it's your turn. Like that's how you have to do it. With a auction league or a salary cap league or whatever you call it nowadays, you decide how you spend your budget. And if you want to spend a lot on a running back, you can. And if you don't think it's important, you don't have to, but you are in control of that. Right. As long as you're willing to spend the money, you're in control of it. You're not a slave to what position you drew in the draft. And that really limits you. So I prefer, I prefer being able to, and, and um, interestingly, we built our teams in kind of different ways in the auction draft. But they're obviously both very competitive. And that shows that there are lots of different ways to win. If it was a snake draft, I don't know that it would actually... It, it, it kind of involves more skill and it feels more like your team when you do it that way. You know? Yeah. Uh, have you... I'm going to segue really quick because it just hit my mind. And uh, I, I think one of us or maybe both of us, we may be jumping on Cousin Sal's uh, pod extra points to kind of talk about this. Yeah. But this whole thing with harry and and the par like just like that did you watch that whole video i i watched it um i felt like uh it, it cut deep it was, it was so much wound. more than harry just feeling like there's a little yeah. chicanery going on in in the league he feels like this is like a seven-year feud it's like the hatfields and the mccoys i don't know if you're familiar with that <laughs> but uh it just feels like there's like a long this has been brewing for years yeah, that's what it seemed like. Uh, and I feel like, to be honest, it had to be brewing for years because this particular trade wasn't that bad. It was, it right? was, it was Chase, right? 
who was Chase for Evans? It was Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds for Chase Edmonds. For Mike Evans. And the truth is, and the, like we were talking about, there has been a paucity of running backs. I don't know when this trade was made, if it was before or after Kenyon Drake was announced to be healthy. But even if Kenyon Drake was announced to be healthy, Kenyon Drake hasn't looked good all year. He hasn't been able to cut. And Chase Edmonds, even when Kenyon Drake is playing in PPR leagues, has often been as valuable or more valuable um, because he gets the catches. So it wasn't that bad. And Mike Evans, now that Antonio Brown's on the team, we don't know how the targets are going to be spread out. However, of course, the way it went down on Sunday, as you know very well, Jerry, um, Mike Evans had a great game. Tom Brady absolutely went off, and Kenyon Drake came in and tore it up. Really, for the first time, he's looked good all season. He suddenly looked good. So I have a feeling when the trade was made, it, it may not have been a great trade, but it wasn't an unfair trade. The part that was weird about it is that someone that was 0-9 was involved. Well, that's the part that's hinky. No, I think you got it reversed. I think it was the guy that um, won the trade, which I believe you could say on paper is the guy who got Mike Evans, right? I think that mm -hmm. was a nine and O person undefeated. You said, Oh, and nine. Did you mean nine and Oh, I thought that somebody that he traded. Oh, two and seven. Nine and Oh, two. So right. Nine and right. So, the person who got Mike See, Evans is nine and zero. I'm glad that you could understand that from the rant because I was a little confused about what was. Well, going I said on. this in a in who a response what? tweet. Like the first rule of Fight Club is you don't trade with anyone who's nine and zero. Like you don't unless you really know you're well, like ripping this dude off. Yeah, the person that's two and seven should know better. The only time I've ever seen someone engage in a bad trade like this when someone was undefeated was my old, old fantasy league with my good, with my friends, which I loved and the fantasy league no longer exists. It's the one with my buddy, Max Greenfield, who's appeared on the show early on. And he was involved in this and he was a semi playoff team. So it's a little different than this Harry situation. He was like middle of the pack trying to make the playoffs. We had a guy in our league named Todd who was undefeated. He was like eight and oh, and he was murdering people. And this is like, think back, this is like 2009. So think about Drew Brees at this time. My buddy Max, bless him, traded Drew Brees to a 10 and 0 or 9 and 0 team. And he went undefeated and ran the playoffs. The only undefeated ran the playoff wow. table Super Bowl champion I've ever seen. And this is not, this is a good league. We've seen Max. Max knows how to pick players. He's good at fantasy. I've never seen anything like it. And I still am not over it. Wow, that's impressive. Undefeated and ran the table. Here's something else, which I, I witnessed in fantasy, and you call fair or foul on this. Do you let me know? Maybe I'm just too greedy. I witnessed in this league two friends. We're all friends. Two guys made the Super Bowl. Okay? They were matched up against each other. And before the Super Bowl in fantasy played itself out, they on the side, agreed to split the pot regardless of winner. Okay, that is absolutely collusion, and that should never, ever be allowed. And that's the reason why a commissioner should veto a trade. If there's any evidence, like if it's a husband and wife team, and suddenly <clears throat> they're trading with each other, or you you find this out, that is just beyond wrong. Uh, that, that's but just, if it's the, the think forever. about it like this, though. It was the Super Bowl. It was the championship game in fantasy. So the season was over. This was no keeper. There was no implications for next okay. year at all. Okay. It affected no one else. Okay. Trade deadline had long passed. The playoffs played themselves out. Super okay. Bowl matchup. 
And on Wednesday, before the game started going, they talked and they said, hey, look, we're really evenly matched. There's a nice pot of money here. What do you say we save ourselves the stress and we just split the pot regardless of winner? Okay, I guess I for, I didn't realize it was just the two of them. I guess I should have but realized that when I said that. But yeah. even so, doesn't I mean, that kill, to me, that's like even like splitting pots in poker. Like that sort of defeats the whole purpose. Why compete the whole year to have like like co-champions? This is like the old NCAA yeah. system where we have co-champions. But do you have, did you have like a champion in, in, ring or belt and then but they actually split the money no once we heard that they chopped the pot we all i think that's what ended the league yeah i think it ended the league only because it just like really crushes the spear it's not even the money the money's not the point is that you're not nervous right there's no there's no there's no edge to it stakes there's no stakes no content yeah you gotta have stakes i i listen if you're listening out there look if you're in a financial sitch and you either need that money or it really will be helpful, you do what you got to do. I will never judge anyone for doing financially what they need to do. But if you're playing in a league and it's friends and it's money that you can handle, like, come on, don't chop the pot. Don't chop the pot. Cousin Sal would probably be mortified at chopping the pot. <laughs> I, I just, I can't imagine that anybody's playing in a league where they actually need that money. Like how much do you buy into your fantasy football league sport? Well, thing, if, you, if you need Not. that money, you shouldn't be playing fantasy is the problem. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to get into our FanDuel lineups because it's, we're running out of weeks, Piacenti. The Waiver Wire podcast is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free daily fantasy contests this NFL season. No deposit required. And this year, FanDuel is now offering daily snake drafts. Snake drafts are the simplest way to try daily fantasy. Draft live, just like season-long fantasy, but with winners every game day. The best of seasonal drafting with DFS all in one. Here's how it works. You find a daily snake draft, draft your team live. Draft starts as soon as the contest fills. You and your opponent will draft six players in a six-round draft with 30 seconds per pick. Unlike other FanDuel contests, there is no salary cap. So I ask you, Jen, why are you excited for daily snake drafts? I'm excited for daily snake drafts because they are the best part of fantasy football season drafting. Plus, Jerry... I don't have to stay on a budget. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those of you who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. Make sure to use promo code WAIVERWIRED so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. And now let's get back to the show. All right, it's time now. Going into week eleven, the waiver wire contest. It's get we almost had a we almost had a repeat winner, by the way, which that would have really yeah. hurt my soul. Yeah, that was pretty painful. I looked and I was like, oh my god, Nick again. Oh my god, stop Maybe being he be running our podcast. Yeah, stop being so good and sparking me wanting to use green screen backgrounds because he had an awesome green screen background. <laughs> but so this week we discussed we're usually heavy on the over under stuff. We don't really have that luxury because we basically the two or three top over-unders are going to play out Thursday, Sunday, Monday, and everything right. else left for the Sunday slate are all separated by like two points. So 
this is the first week where we, you can't necessarily rely on that. And as we know, in the Midwest and East Coast, the weather's getting real crappy. So we might start seeing some lower scoring games. How do you feel about overall before we dig in? How do you feel about your lineup and the plays this week that are out there? I feel okay. I don't feel great about it. Um, because again, I don't see that there's anyone that's like, oh, this is such a smash spot. So I'm just, I put together a team that I like. It might be huge. It might be nothing. I don't feel strongly about my team. Yeah, agreed. I, um, I am starting to be a little bit of a victim of circumstance and history, meaning I'm, I'm starting to repeat a lot of players and, you know, well, they did it last week. So may, like, I, I, I'm a little scared for my lineup. I've been pretty solid since about week three in our waiver wire contest. And mm -hmm. uh, I am most worried about this lineup because I have, I'm doing the thing that Jerry does where I have, like, no one will probably have this lineup. I don't think I'll have a repeat lineup with anyone this week. I, I don't think mine will either. All right. Do, would you like me but to lead then off? Again, maybe they will because I'm going to give one of these guys as our pick of the week and I'm, then maybe everyone will do it. Okay. Well, all of this, again, subject to change, contingent on weather and injuries and COVID. So all subject to change. I am making mine subject to change as well because I have $500 remaining in salary and I'm looking Ooh. at this lineup and these are all like last week, guys. Like if this lineup was in last okay. week, it might have been good. All right. Would you like me to lead off or would you like to go first? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. We might see this player a lot in lineups this week. Um, I'm hoping for an old-fashioned NFC South shootout. We talked about him earlier. I have Jameis Winston in. Now, $7,200 at this point for a guy who's played, what, a half? How many? Two quarters? Three quarters? Not even? Is, is really, like, some would say dumb. But sometimes dumb is what you need. And, uh, you know, he's playing Atlanta. So Atlanta's been playing a lot better. But like you said earlier, familiar with Atlanta. And of course, more so than Jameis, I have the feeling Michael Thomas shows himself this week. It has been a rough year for my guy, Michael Thomas. Things haven't been on the up and up. And he's back. Maybe the fact that Drew Brees isn't taking you're laughing oh jen if you guys are on just listening on the pod jen has a face of like what like what are you thinking right now yeah no i don't um you'll see why in a minute okay I'll tell you. i think i think Jameis and michael thomas are a worthy chance i get this could be a disaster you could maybe get 10 points from the both of them combined but in that dome new Orleans, I, I just i'm giving it a shot i like it and i actually think the prices are too high but I'm going to show you what else I did. Question for you, Jen. Kareem Hunt, how much does Nick Chubb kill his fantasy stock? A lot, sure a little, does. or medium? Medium. He's dropped from like 7,800 to now 6,700 in FanDuel. The weather, as we know in Cleveland, it, it's pretty bad this time of year, although it's supposed to be okay this Sunday. I like the matchup against Philly. I just thought for 6700 bucks to get number two running back Kareem Hunt is actually maybe better than number one running back $7,800 Kareem Hunt. So I got Kareem Hunt in there. Next, I, I you know, like and 
he he did it for me last week, so I'm I'm probably victim of 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 history here. Antonio Gibson, sixty five hundred dollars. Why is he still sixty five hundred dollars? Cincinnati, yes, they're a little frisky against the against the run. I get it. They're not. Cincinnati's not a total like shit show, but they have to run the ball. Washington has to run the ball for many reasons, for safety to actually stay competitive. And they were in a little bit of a shootout with Detroit. I love Gibson for 6,500. So those are my running backs stacked with Jameis and Michael Thomas. I never thought I would be starting two Washington players in my fantasy lineup, but with the amount, I think he's officially a waiver wired podcast favorite, Terry McLaren. How on earth could you not start him for $7,300 at this point? He is a home run threat at all times. On his worst game with no quarterback, he gets you like 90 yards on eight catches, okay? It's just worth every single risk that I have seen. So, well, go ahead, Jen. You're, you're like chomping at the bit. I'm laughing. Okay. No, go ahead. All right. Okay, Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, and then I went Justin Jefferson. It, Minnesota has figured out the formula, which is a healthy dose of Dalvin Cook. Thielen grabbed the touchdowns. Jefferson had the yards. Again, playing the money here, 6700 bucks against your Dallas Cowboys at home. Uh, you can never necessarily guess right, but I like Justin Jefferson in this game. Uh, okay. Me too. I'm going to move down the defense real quick. I just have a placeholder here. I have the Chargers against the, the frisky Flacco Jets, but that is subject to change because I still have 500 more bucks. So you think, you know, we'll hold off on the defense. Uh, I'm going to go tight end right now. I, I I went after Jared Cook. I'm going all in on this Jameis thing, $6,100. That's one of the better over-unders for the Sunday matchups, that Atlanta-New Orleans game. Jared Cook, $6,100. It's feast or famine. If Jameis throws for 4,000 yards, I'm going to win this week. And then another waiver wired podcast favorite, $6,300. He had his first real truly bad game last week. Subject to change on this, we're going to monitor the Bridgewater situation. I have Robbie Anderson in. Now, something for whatever reason with Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson's not getting the touchdowns, okay? Maybe you get a little switch up at quarterback. I could easily see Robbie Anderson becoming the focal point of the passing attack, depending on who's behind center. Robbie Anderson, $6,300, but I do have money to possibly swap that out, but I'm locking this in for right now. It's a risky lineup. I get it. But uh, if you're feeling a little bit of the Jameis vibes, that's what I got, Jen Piacenti. All right. All right. I like it. Um, let's go over my lineup. A quarterback I have, Jameis Winston. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to know I'm laughing. And wide receiver I have, Michael Thomas. Oh, my gosh. Um, now this is subject to change because what I may do is I actually think that Jameis Winston could be over-owned this week because of his price, because it's so good. And because as you said, they're playing in a dome. So we don't have to worry about weather. I might pivot to Matt Ryan and then pivot to Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley, depending on health. So those two are subject to change. Also at wide receiver, I have Terry McLaurin because... <laughs> <laughs> he's freaking good. And this matchup is uh, very good for him again versus Cincinnati. We saw 
what Ben Roethlisberger was able to do to Cincinnati last week. He threw for four touchdowns. It also makes me feel fairly confident if you really want to bargain on even starting Alex Smith, who, by the way, has thrown for over 300 yards his last two weeks. He just only has one touchdown. We saw Ben be able to do it last week. I think there's a possibility that Alex Smith could be a very sneaky play. Obviously risky, but he is very inexpensive. Now let's go back and see how I filled in. Those are our three players that we share. Um, it's getting a little creepy. I'm <laughs> just saying you, you've taught me too well is the problem for um, you. You've taught me too well. <laughs> we're either both going to go down in flames together or <laughs> we're going to be battling it out again in a head to head, um, next week. Okay. So at running back, I went ahead because I had saved money on a few other players, uh, and went and put Dobbin cook in the lineup and he had his off game last week. You know, we knew Chicago was a tough defense, but the Dallas run defense, obviously not very good. And Dalvin cook is very, very good. It's very expensive. $10,500. So I rostered Dalvin cook there. And then in order to help afford Dalvin cook, I rostered Damian Harris versus Houston. So the Houston run game, given up a lot of yards on the ground, the second most so far this year, Damian Harris has now had three games over the century mark. The only problem with Damian Harris is he often gets vultured by Rex Burkhead for the touchdowns. And that's because when they put Rex Burkhead in, opposing defenses don't know where they're going to run or they're going to throw. If you put Damian Harris in, you know, they're going to run, right? So it's possible they could do that, but we're talking about Houston. They're not good versus either. So I think Damian Harris could be just fine. And at $5,800, like I, I had to do it. So Harris is in there. Uh, I already told you about Michael Thomas and Terry McLaurin. For my third wide receiver, this is a bit of a, a, a guess. This is probably the biggest wild card. It's Mike Williams. And it's because he's had like five red zone targets over the last two weeks, which is more than Keenan Allen. Um, so I'm just kind of betting on the fact that he's finally going to get in there this week. And he's had three, you know, over 80 yard games. I'm kind of hoping Justin Herbert will have some fun and just let loose because he can't again, there's the risk. This game isn't that competitive and he doesn't need to take the deep shots. So this is definitely a dart throw. Um, I'm going to skip to defense as you did. And I did go ahead and roster the chargers because they're playing the jets and I had enough salary to do it. And then um, I'm going to give you what's going to be my play of the week, and it is tight end. Okay, so tight end is gross and disgusting, right? <laughs> there are no tight ends you can ever count on. It's basically Travis Kelsey, and that's about it. Maybe Darren Waller. It's disgusting. <laughs> but I don't know if you noticed this, guys. This is – I feel so proud of myself for this one. Now, we believe that Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback in New Orleans, right? Because when um, – when – Breeze was out last year. It went to Teddy Bridgewater. We believe that. However, do you know who's eligible at tight end? I think I know where you're going. Taysom it got Hill. Yeah. $4,500. Listen, Atlanta is the worst against the tight end. They're <laughs> the third worst against the right receiver. And they're the worst against quarterbacks. Taysom Hill is all of those things. He's all of those things. And he's $4,500. And we don't really know. What if Jameis Winston sucks and they take him out? What if they only use him part of the time? And I can get quarterback points at tight end for $4,500. Had to do it. Um, hold on, I gotta it. stop you because we might need yeah. to cut this. This is so good. I don't even think, <laughs> I don't even know if we have 100 listeners or 100,000 listeners. This is so good. I don't know if you should give this out to the general public. That, you know. are so happy right now. Jen's smile, I she's it, beaming right mm. now. She's glowing. 
I built this lineup around Taysom Hill. Is that the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? Listen, so you are, it's either going to be the worst play of all time, or you are going to go down as like yeah. the Dr. Evil of FanDuel for but, this play. But here's the thing. How many points are your tight ends getting you anyway? Five, six, ten. I mean, like, it's so, right. I feel like it's no risk. He can get me as many points as, like, Dalton Schultz. I mean, or one rushing Hunter touchdown, Henry. and he pretty much annihilates every tight end right. after Kelsey, Waller, and Johnny right. Smith. He rushed for 45 yards last week. He throws passes. He catches passes. He does everything. Now, He's 45. A lot of the sharps will be on to that, but I'm yeah. wondering. Do I do this in seasonal where I have Evan Ingram rostered in two out of three leagues? Yes, you do. And yes, I just wonder if, if, if like yeah, the Yahoos and the... Right. I wonder if this is just a FanDuel thing. They better not switch it. Jen, that's really good. I've, I think ESPN has him qualified at tight end. I'm not sure if Yahoo does, but if he does, I, I mean, I... I oh my gosh. It. Hold on. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I'm... You know what? I'm not even going to look. I'm all sweaty now. You really just messed me all I up. I know. I'm sweaty too. That so is excited. good. Jen, Jen, you're going to give this out as your best pick. I don't even... Am I doing it? Well, the problem is, is you're just going to have, you might get, you're going to have a lot of copycats, definitely in the waiver wired podcast. Cause you got to imagine most yeah. people listening to this right now are going to be all over that. Most people who are just going to catch our highlights on Twitter are going to be all over it, but you know, what? it's so good. It's kind of like, just, just own it. Like if everyone copies you and we see a winning lineup with Taysom Hill, you get to keep that credit anyway. I think so. And if I lose, I feel like, oh, well, you shouldn't have copied me. <laughs> That is, oh, <laughs> that is just Piacenti locked yeah. in going into week 11. That is awesome. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I kind of need, I need so, to take a sip of water after that. That was. Yeah. So now I will reveal my flex play. Okay. I don't even know my if we need to play. at this point, but we go ahead. Just show off. Show off. <laughs> my flex play is Naheem Hines. And for the same reasons that I was talking about Rex Burkhead. I, so Naheem Hines, the matchup this week is Green Bay, third worst versus uh, running backs. We've seen jo Jonathan Taylor underperform. I don't think Jordan Wilkins is the guy. Naheem Hines, again, when you put Naheem Hines in, you don't know if it's a passing play or a running play. So he's going to have that advantage. So I'm going with Naheem Hines because he's only 6,100 bucks. Uh, so that's great value. That is my waiver wire lineup. Uh, as I said, I might pivot to Matt Ryan just to differentiate myself. Um, but the lock is definitely tied in Taysom Hill. Well, I am just glad that I caught you in week 10 because week 11, you're all sorts of crafty. <laughs> Maybe it's because I quit. Listen, if this, if this, if this Taysom Hill thing works out, I am a hundred percent taking credit for getting you back to where you need to be by just walking in and quitting. And I'll give it to you. Like, we are a team. Okay. Um, here's what I think we should do as well. I think we should together, we should talk on Saturday, and we can maybe release this on Twitter if we want to have people follow along. You and I should put a Taysom Hill lineup in the Sunday Million and build it together. It could very well be that one you yeah. just said. But with the, where I'm going with this is with the Sunday Million, I think we get more uh, Sunday night eligibility right because i don't think our waiver wired has sunday night or does it i think sunday million is still the afternoon games i think you get the sunday night games in there as well you do okay. yeah we have to check so on that maybe we work together collectively as a okay. unit as a waiver wired unit and we 
you know, chip in and maybe do a little investment on some Sunday Million and maybe another couple of other contests with Taysom Hill strictly only lineups. Okay. And we will split the pot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> chop yeah. it. Just chop it. Just chop it. Split that pot. All right. Well, uh, look, I don't see any other note that we can go out on for this show this week than that. Um, we're going out on the Taysom Hill note. It is week 11, guys. We're in the home stretch here. It's hard to believe it's gone this quickly, but uh, I really do wish all you luck this week because this this is kind of moving week. You know, with golf, they talk about Saturday's moving day and the line. Like, this is now, you know, if you're hanging on by a thread, you're either going to get the nail in the coffin or you're going to maybe get some new life. So week 11, maybe arguably the most important week so far. So good luck to everybody out there. I also want to end this show so I could go see how eligible Taysom Hill is in all of the major <laughs> platforms. Yeah, I think he's eligible in at least one or two. Not all of them. But if, if listen, if it were any other position, it would be risky. But at tight end, you got nothing to lose. Zero. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, Jen, thank you very much. Good luck to you guys all out there. We will be back uh, first thing Monday morning, uh, which will be Sunday night for us. Take care, guys. 